0: Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 2nd Kings chapter 22. 2nd Kings chapter 22. So we're going to start out this morning, we're going to talk about uh this man named Josiah. Uh Josiah uh was a king and um you know, what we see quite often in this section of the Bible, it, it, it lists one king, tells a little bit about them, and then it tells about the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one, and there's two things that you'll hear. You'll either hear, when they introduce this king, they'll either say, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, or he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and Man, you'll see it just flip-flop back and forth. There may be one or two that stayed on track and then one or two that didn't. It's just back and forth constantly. And so we come to Josiah. Now, Josiah follows up two kings that did evil in the sight of the Lord. And in in verse 1 of 2 Kings chapter 22, it says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adiah of Bozkath. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. So he did what was right. And you'll go on to read there. We're going to skip a little bit, but you go on to read, you'll see that they set out to remodel or restore the house of the Lord. It was in disrepair. And if, man, you'll do a little bit of reading here in these couple chapters, guys, you'll see that that the nation of Israel had just really went downhill. It wasn't just the house of the Lord that was in disrepair. It was the entire nation. They were worshiping false gods. They had idols erected all over the place. They had set up altars. There was even one place where they had set up an altar to to burn their children as an offering to this false god. Now, if that's not far away from the heart of the one true living God, I don't know what is, right? And so, Josiah becomes king, and and you have to understand that at the age of eight years old, he probably didn't know a whole lot about how things ought to go, right? But it says he reigned for 31 years, and through that time, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. So there comes a point where he says, you know what, I'm looking around and I'm, I'm seeing all of these things and, and the house of the Lord is in disrepair. We're going to go about and restore it the way it ought to be. So go down to verse 8 of that same chapter. It says, Then Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. So Shaphan the scribe went to the king, bringing the king word, saying, Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of those who do the work, who oversee the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, ah- Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Akbor the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Isaiah a servant of the king, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. Now remember, Josiah was doing right in the sight of the Lord. Why do you think he was so grieved when he heard the word red. Well, I mean, to the point that he tore his clothes, and, and that was a symbol in those days of someone that that was just broken. Someone that was kind of at the end of themselves. You'll see it many times when, when maybe somebody close to them had died, they would tear their clothes like that. But the point is, he was so disturbed by the fact of what he heard in the law and how His nation was not obeying it, that He tore His clothes in repentance. How many of y'all know that the Word of God will point out sin? Even when you think you're living right, you think you're following after the, the one true God, you're doing what you're supposed to do, The funny thing is, when you find the real baseline for what is right and what's wrong, you'll find things that aren't quite right. I believe that's what Josiah saw, not only for himself, but for the entire nation that he ruled. In verse 13 there, he said, Because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book, Look at the impact that choosing to follow or not to follow the Word of God has on generations after you. We have that choice today, church. Are we going to choose to actually read the Word and follow it, or are we going to just assume we're on the right path and not really have a real baseline that we can go back to you see, that's what happens many times. We, we profess to be Christians. We profess to be children of God. And, and you know what? That's good for a little while, but there must be something that we go back to as a standard in our life. And it must be, not just it's a good suggestion, it must be the Word of God. Because those forefathers of Josiah hadn't obeyed the words of the law, the entire nation had been brought down. you think it's possible that this might be where we are today? Could it be that our nation is in such turmoil today because there has collectively been our forefathers that have not followed the Word of God that even in fact may have forgotten where it is? Here we have the high priest that was not aware of where the law of God was until he happened to find it when he was cleaning out the church house. And we look at that, y'all, it would be so easy for us to look at that and say, man, I sure am glad that that's not us. But let me share some statistics with you this This survey was conducted in January of this year, so this isn't like old information, okay? This survey was conducted by LifeWay Research. You all heard of LifeWay? It's a Christian organization. They produce literature and all that. Well, there is a segment of that corporation that is called LifeWay Research, and that's what they do, is they go perform studies about various different aspects of Christianity. So this is among Protestant Church goers. People that actually go to church. Okay? Not just those that that have went on Facebook and selected Christianity as their religion, but there's really no other connection whatsoever. I'm not talking about those that just call themselves Christians. I'm talking about the ones that actually attend church. Of the ones that actually attend church, 32% of the people they surveyed say they read their Bible every day. 32%. That's not a good number in case you're not picking up on this. That's very bad. These are churchgoers. 27% say they read it a few times a week. 12% once a week. 11% a few times a month. 5% 5% once a month, and this one really blows me because we're on a, a a decreasing trend, back up to 12%, rarely or never read the word. I think that's a problem. I see it as a problem. I hope you do, too. Um, uh, and y'all, as far as that whole everyday thing, man, I miss days from here here and there. But my, my goal is to every morning read the Word. There's days I have a bad day and I just don't. I'm not going to make excuses. But my goal is every day. Now, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot and make you stand up and tell everybody what you do, but you know what you do. Do you read your Word every day? Do you, do you long for that time to spend with the Lord? Or is it something you just kind of, whenever I get a chance, while well, I listen to a podcast on the way to work, or I do this, I do that. I've got my TV preacher that i listen to on Sunday evenings. The Word tells us that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. You know what way that is? Not the one that's linked to a baseline of the Word of God. It's the opposite of that. But I want you to look at what Josiah did here. If you go and read chapter 23, I'm going to give you just a real brief synopsis. Josiah didn't hear the Word, and just say, man, that's a good ideal. And that was the end of it. He didn't just hear it and then not respond. He didn't just uh, repent, tear His clothes and fall down and repent and then go on about living His life. And and I know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll stand in front of you before today and, and say, I have done that before. I hear the convicting message and and I say, Man, I really need to change that in my life. Lord, I'm so sorry. But then before I can hit the back door, I've already forgotten that. There might be this little reminder that comes back in a day or so, but I'm so busy, I just move on. But Josiah didn't do that. He heard what the law actually said, things they were supposed to be doing, the the ramifications when you do it wrong. He heard those things as he read the Word and he said, you know what, we've got some things to change. In verse 3, he stands before the people and he makes a covenant with God. It says, this is in chapter 23, it says, The king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep His commandments and His testimonies and His statutes with all His heart and all His soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant. He set out... He cleansed the temple of all the idols and the articles that were made for the other false gods. He killed the priest of the false gods. Y'all, this guy was serious. He destroyed all those altars we talked about, those high places that even Solomon had erected. You hear me? This thing had been going on a while, y'all. He, he, he just cleans house. And when I say house, I don't mean a building. I mean His entire nation. He sets out to make a change. He says, I have the power to do this. I'm not going to be sitting idly by not doing it. And you know, that's what we today have to do. Maybe we don't have the power to go make a complete change across our entire nation, but we've got the power to make a change in our home. We've got the power to begin to impact our workplaces and, and our schools and all of those things. We've got the power to do that. Not only that, we've been given the command from our God. We've been given the authority in Jesus Christ. I'm not telling anybody to go kill anybody today. We shouldn't be willing to just sit there. When false doctrines are being spouted all around us, when, when people are, are just blatantly telling us that this is okay now, it's acceptable, y'all have been evil all these years because you were so anti-this or anti-that. Somebody needs to stand up for what the Word of God says. Y'all, it's, it's, it's black and white. It's plain and simple if you know it. If you know it. And I'll tell you right now, you get away from the Word of God for a while, and you start listening to the false doctrine that's being spouted through our news and everything else in this world, and it'll start to shift the way you think. You'll start to say, well, maybe I was a little harsh. Maybe... Maybe I shouldn't have said some of those things. Maybe I've maybe been thinking about this the wrong way. You know why that happens? Because you're not hooked to the rock. You're not hooked to that solid baseline of understanding. And your understanding will begin to shift according to whatever you have hooked to. Are you in that 32%? Remember that 32% was the good number. Are you in that 32% that reads the word every day? Do you uh you try to really apply those things you've read and take it to heart? See, that's what Josiah did. He didn't just hear it and say, "Oh, yeah." That's the Word of God. Man, that was good back then, wasn't it? I'm glad we don't need that now. He didn't say that. He said, man, we got some changes to make. When was the last time you read the Word and it actually convicted you to the point that you were broken and grieved for the sin that's in your life? and how you haven't obeyed God. Y'all, I'm not here today pointing no fingers at you. I don't know about your relationship with God. I'm just here to deliver a message. I know that our nation would be in a different place today if only the churchgoers were above 50%. If just the people that go to church would worship the Lord in spirit and in truth and stay in His Word, imagine the impact in our country. We wouldn't have to worry about how they're going to implement gun control because people wouldn't be going and shooting the place up. You get their heart right, you ain't got to worry about controlling no inanimate object. If they'd get Jesus in their heart, guess what would change? Now it's easy. It's easy for us to just project that. Well, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. How are they hearing about Jesus? You see, that's where the real problem comes in. It's the judgment starts in the house of God. When we got only thirty-two percent of churchgoers that'll read the Bible every day, y'all, there is a real problem in the church house. A real problem. If you you can't sit there and honestly say to yourself that you're in that 32%, I want you to ask yourself a question. Why not? I'm not going to beat up on you. I just want you to ask yourself those questions. Why not? Is it not important? Is it not important to know the Word of God? Is it not important to go to His house? There was another one I didn't bother to copy down that shows the statistics of people that attend church regularly. Do we want to see a change or we want to want to just sit by and watch the wheels fall off? There's a part of me that says, "You know what? Uh maybe this thing'll just hurry along and Jesus will come back and, man, that is the wrong attitude to have. That's not what Jesus wanted for us. He's coming one day whether we do anything or not, but the point is not just to endure it. (laughs) The point is not just just to hope we make it through. The point is to thrive while we're here and to show the love of Jesus Christ to people that they might be saved also. That should be our motivation in everything we do. And and I'm here to just challenge this false idea that you can be a Christian and live however you want to today. I'm going to challenge that right now. You can't. You might call yourself Christian. Right? Anybody can say the words. It's a whole different story to live it. I'm not standing here today telling you I've got it perfected because I'm far from it. But I do know this. I can't live however I want to. You know what disturbs me? And uh, they may listen to my recording and get offended. I'm I'm okay with that. They already know how I feel. I've got friends that are actively involved in church, and they see no problem with drinking. And I don't mean just the occasional little beer here and there. I'm talking like having dedicated refrigerators in their house for their alcohol. Y'all, that's a problem. You will not serve in ministry under me if that's the case. I'm telling you right now. And you may call that old-fashioned. I don't really care. It doesn't bother me at all to point out to you what the Word of God says. Now, I'm not going to stand here today and argue with you about is it okay or is it not okay to drink. I really can't find a direct Uh, delineation between it in the Bible but what I do know it says is that if you are in ministry if you are considered a bishop or an elder if you're in leadership in the church it says not to be taken with strong drink it means not to to just be consumed with it that this is something that you do regularly why? why? I'm going to tell you right now, it impairs your way of thinking and it begins to tend to lead you toward a different direction. It is real hard for me to stand and minister to someone when I know I've got these things going on in my life. I've got to get those things straight, right? Guys, I'm just hitting one little example today, but what we see in the church today is a continual decline of righteousness and holiness in the house of God among the believers, those that are professing Christianity as their religion. A continual decline. That survey I read to you is perfect evidence of that. When the children of God won't read His Word, there is a problem that is a big indicator of a whole lot of other things. What steps should we take today? Y'all, I can't... Hear this message like this, and and just go back to what I've been doing. I hope you can't. I hope I hope we can't just say, "Oh man, that was that was a good word," and then go right back to living however we want to. And look, man, you may have things together in your life. I'm not here to pick on you. I, I, I'm telling you that honestly. That that's really my heart. I'm not here to pick on you but I don't care how close you are to God, there's something that can be tweaked. There is something in your life that probably don't need to be there. No matter how close you are. It doesn't matter. There's something where where you've kind of slipped a little bit, you've begin begin to be lax a little bit, and you've let this one little area grow more than it should have. When I when I say those things, there ought to be something that comes to your mind that says, hmm, I need to tighten up over there. I ain't, I haven't I haven't been as diligent about that area as I need to be. I mean, do I need to just stand here and confess everything that I have to work on in front of you to to illustrate the point that that I'm not perfect, that even I stand here as your pastor and say, man, I've got some house cleaning I need to do. You know, I, I'm not here to point fingers at you. Uh, I know where, where my heart is. I know my the, the condition of my soul. And, and I would like to say I'm in that 32% that reads their Bible every day. And if I still recognize there's problems, you should do. All of us should. If you don't recognize there's problems, I would, man, I hate to just accuse somebody, but I'd be willing to bet money that you're not in the 27 or the 32% that read their Bible even a few times a week. Because the Word of God will point out sin. As you read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and convict you. I, I know that from experience. As I read it, Oh, man, i I got to work on that. I don't do that very well. And the Lord ain't trying to beat up on me either. You know why He chastens me? Why He disciplines me? Because He loves me. And He wants me to get rid of anything in my life that would hinder my relationship with Him. There's a great, great, great need for the Word of God. In our country today. Getting rid of AR-15s is not going to solve the problems we have. Everybody wearing more handguns is not going to solve the problems we have. I'm going to sit dead on the fence on this one. I love my guns, but me having them doesn't fix the problem. The problem is people's hearts. They need Jesus. They need the Word of God as a standard. And if us as Christians in the house of God do not have that standard in our life, how in the world can we expect anybody else to?